Lord, happy Mother's Day! Amen. Uh, we should give a honk to our First Lady, Miss Donna Harris. Can everyone give Donna some love? Amen. I want to thank personally my mom, Sharon, and my wife, Ruth, uh, for their love. And uh, I was looking as I got up to preach. Uh, there has been times I've had to look to see if the American flag was still flying because this doesn't feel like America, but I'm reminded that the greatest flag on that flagpole is the one on the far right. Can we give the Christian banner a round of applause? Amen. Amen. I'm thankful for Maryland, and I'm thankful for the U.S. Today I want to talk to you about three words, honor thy mother. I really believe you cannot honor God above if you disrespect mom below. Can I get an amen? In Leviticus, the Bible says every person must honor his mother. In Deuteronomy, the Bible says we must respect her. The Bible says if you want to have long life, you must honor mom beside and God above. Doing research, I found only two times that the angels in heaven cried. The first time the angels wept was when Jesus died. The second time when a select few of angels learned they could never be a mother. There are mothers on earth who resemble angels above, but there are no angels above that could ever become mothers below. Abraham Lincoln said if there was anything good that could be said about his life, it was summed up in this statement. It was attributed to the godly character of my beloved mother. Mothers, you not only add beauty and a dark day, but you are the backbone up to the family. You're the glue that holds us together when life seems falling apart. Moms, I salute you today because women can either make or break individuals. Lee Harvey Oswald, after being interrogated for 13 hours after the death of the most powerful person on the planet in November in downtown Dallas. There's still speculation of when, why, exactly who, but when he came to his breaking point, Lee Harvey Oswald said, looking back, I don't recall my mother saying the three words I long for the most, I love you. If you're here today and you have a mother who's represented God and showed some love, can we give the next 15 seconds a honk break bragging on your mom? Give mom some love, amen. It's been said that mom is your first friend. It's been said that mom is often best friend. And lastly, mom is a forever friend. Mary and Catholic circles is basically worshiped. In other camps, she's almost completely forgotten. But in the middle of our Christian faith, we find Mary. She was good, she was godly, but she was not God. 
At times, she was just normal. She was overlooked. But God never took her eyes off of mom. Mary, I believe, was the first to carry the gospel. For nine months, she carried God in her belly. She carried Jesus. And I submit to you that Jesus, the first face he saw was probably his mother. And arguably on the cross, the last face he saw was his mother. Thank God, in a world of cubic zirconias, we have moms who are the genuine article. Can we give a praise break right now, the loudest praise, not to mom, but to our Heavenly Father. Give God some Southern Maryland love. Amen. There is a movie with, uh, I believe it was Candace Cameron years ago, called Something About Mary. And today I want to talk to you. There's a lot we can learn from Mary. Number one, I'm thankful that Ronald Reagan, the great communicator, said in an era where we have so many people who believe in pro-choice need to thank God above for a mama who was pro-life. With the Lord, we find love, we find life, and we find liberty. The devil promotes death, but love promotes life. In Luke chapter 1, verse 26, the Bible said, In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee called Nazareth, to a virgin engaged to a man whose name was Joseph, and the virgin's name was Mary. And the angel came to her and said, You are highly favored by God. You're blessed among all women. And when she saw him, she was troubled, saying, what kind of salutation or greeting can this be? And the angel said, Fear not, Mary, for you have found favor with God. Too many of us have been looking for love in all the wrong places. It's not about having followers on Facebook. It's not having a picture on a poster. It's not having a name, a building bearing your name. Favor from man is something, but finding favor from God is everything. Behold, you shall conceive in your womb and bear forth and name him Jesus. Jesus carried, uh, Mother Mary carried Jesus in her belly. First of all, that's where she carried him first, in the belly. And she shall, he be called great, will be the Son of God, the highest, the Lord God, and to the throne of his fathers, David, and his reign shall reign forever and ever, and there's no end. Then Mary the angel said, how can this be? I've never been intimate with a man. And the angel said to her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon you. The power of the highest shall overshadow you. And that holy thing shall be born of you will be called the Son of God. And behold, your cousin Elizabeth, she also conceived a son. And she was well up in age. And she had no children. For with God, nothing shall be impossible. Mary said, Behold the handmaid of the Lord, be it unto me according to your word. And the angel left. And Mary rose in those days, went to the hill country quickly to a city named Judah, and entered the house of Zechariah, and said hi to Elizabeth. And it came to pass that when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, the babe, the boy, not even born in her belly, jumped. 
was filled with the Holy Ghost and spoke out with a loud voice saying, Blessed are you among women and the fruit of your womb. And what is this to me? That the mother of the Lord shall come to me. For lo, as soon as the voice of the greeting sounded, the baby leapt for joy. This is what I want you to see real quick. Number one, that there were two women. There was Elizabeth and there was Mary. One was a senior citizen. One was barely a teenager. One got married, got intimate, tried to have a kid and couldn't get pregnant. And then we find another girl named Mary who's not married, not looking to have a child, and she doesn't try and does. Elizabeth is too old and can't, and Mary's too young and gets pregnant. How is that possible? Because what's impossible with man in 2020 is still possible with God. And the interesting thing, amen. When Elizabeth had John the Baptist in her belly, when Mary walked in with Jesus the Christ in her belly. Two women carrying two boys who are going to change the world. These were the first boys to men. Can I get an amen? When Mary came in with Jesus and said hi to Elizabeth, the Bible says that John jumped. The lad leapt. The boy goes bonkers. Why? Because John and his mother's belly knew that when Mary walked in the room, the king had just walked in the room. And every courtroom all across America, and today the courtrooms are closed. But Jesus, saving souls, is still open for business. The interesting thing is in every court case all across America, whether you're a janitor or a jury, whether you're a plaintiff or defendant, if you're an attorney or if you're sitting in the audience, you'll always hear two words before a court case starts. You'll hear two words, and it's all rise. And John knew Jesus before he was in even born because Jesus was in Mary's belly. So Mary not only carried Jesus in her belly, Mary carried Jesus in his hands. She was there at the very beginning. She fed him with her hands. She wiped his tears with her hands. She changed his clothes with her hands. She kissed him by holding his face in her hands. She even taught the Trinity to pray by taking her hands and his hands and developing praying hands. Thank God for Mary. There's a famous story years ago in Italy where there was a statue in the center of the town and it was a life-size picture of Christ with the outstretched arms. And they had a massive earthquake years ago and the terrain began to shake, and the ground began to crumble. And who would have thought the statue of Christ fell from the shoulders down and snapped into a thousand pieces on both sides? And the folks were discouraged. They were dismayed. They were depressed. And after everything settled and the smoke cleared, 
they had an emergency meeting to assess the damage all around. Some things can be replaced, other things are irreplaceable. And when they saw the priceless statue of the Savior, that both arms had crumbled and broke, shattered to a thousand pieces, there were folks with deep pockets in the community. And they thought, maybe we can raise the money and try to reassemble the arms and attach them back to Christ. First of all, they didn't have all the money to do it. But there was someone that stepped forward and said, I'm willing to pay. And there was an 88-year-old lady. She had been a mother, she had been a grandmother, and now a great-grandmother. And in her twilight years, she said, may I something, say something. I'm thankful that when women stand up to speak, we still do well to listen. She said, I know that we can actually pay for this now. But the Holy Spirit said, we should leave the armless Christ in the center of town just like it is. Some people were outraged. Some people asked why. And she said, may it be a daily reminder that forever, until God comes back or calls us home, that we will be the arms of Christ. You will be the arms of Christ. And Mary, with her hands, got to help Christ in birth. But today, you and I get to be the outstretched arms of Christ for those in life. More than ever, Mary carried Jesus in her belly. She carried Jesus in her hands. But she also carried Jesus in her heart. I love that song that Mark Lowry penned. Mary, did you know that this baby boy would one day walk on water? Mary, did you know that when you kiss this tiny baby's face, you kiss the face of God? Oh, Mary, did you know? I'm convinced that Mary knew who Jesus was. Mary, the child that you delivered would soon deliver you. Mary not only carried Jesus in her belly, Mary not only carried Jesus in her hands, not only did Mary carry Jesus in her heart, I'm convinced she carried Jesus forever in her head. You know, Jesus never left Mary's heart, and Mary never lost track of Jesus in her head. They say that if a mother gave birth to a child, if the boy lived to be even 75, if the mother is still around, she's still his little boy. And I want to encourage you today more than ever, Jesus' last act on the cross, he was consumed, he was concerned, and he had compassion for his mother. And if Jesus' dying act was taking care of mom, we would do well to honor and take care of mom today. There was a story years ago, I'll close with this. There was a family that lived on a lake in Florida and they have alligators and crocodiles. And the mother said to her son who was about 10, a hundred times, baby, whatever you do, you can swim in the pool, but you cannot swim in the lake because there were known to have gators and crocodiles swim throughout that back of the lake in Florida. And kids being kids, their instruction went in one ear and out the other. And she was washing dishes, looking out the kitchen window, and her biggest fear became a reality, 
when her eyeballs became as big as the plate she was washing in the sink and she saw her boy who disobeyed her orders in the lake but what really caught her attention were two bulging eyes swimming behind her boy and the boy could not even see the massive animal in the lake coming towards her son. She too dropped the plates in a thousand pieces, ran outside as fast as she could, screaming at the top of her lungs, veins in her neck, sing, screaming, Johnny, swim! Swim, Johnny! And as fast as he could, his little heart was sputtering so fast, he almost had a heart attack in the lake. And then the gator on his tail and his mother on the edge of the shore and the gator gathering too much speed too fast, grabs the back of the boy and the mother lunges forward to grab her son's hands. And the biggest tug of war this side of heaven since the battle between the souls of man today. The crocodile was pulling the boy back and the mother was trying to bring the boy in. And he was literally almost being ripped in half. She stuck her fingers into the flesh of his forearms and now the brown lake is covered in red blood. She's screaming so loud that a neighbor driving by in a truck had a shotgun in the back of the pickup. He could put two and two together. He heard her cries before he saw the situation. He raised his pickup on the side of the yard to the backyard where the feud is happening before their very eyes. And with one shot was able to shoot the gator in the side, the massive jaws open wide, and they pull his almost lifeless, mangled body to the Florida shore. They gingerly put him into the back of the truck and faster than a Ferrari, they said he was clocked at 118 miles an hour in a pickup truck to a hospital in the Sunshine State with her world upside down, praying to God that the boy would be saved. The entire community prayed. They had a fast and they began to press into God when the bottom fell out. And they said, oh God, would you spare us one more time? Save little Johnny's soul. And the interesting thing is after 10 touch and go emergency surgeries, after months of rehab, some plastic surgery, and the only difference was his right leg would be three inches shorter than his left for the rest of his life. But miraculously, not only lived, but lived to tell about it. A Florida newspaper from Jacksonville that was said to actually have come to interview the boy and it was gonna be a feel good story because a lot of times the stories we hear don't end so good. And they asked the boy, may I see the scars from that massive attack? And he took off his hoodie sweatshirt and you could still see massive, what were not only stitches, they were staples, but you could see where he'd been mauled again and again by that beast in the lake. And when it was over, he smiled to see the boy look like he would function almost like any other teenager in the world. And he was closing his journal to complete the investigation with the deadline to have it in the paper 
within 24 hours that everyone could celebrate that Johnny lived. Right when the reporter thought it was over, the boy with a smile said, Mr. I have a few more scars that I have not shown you. May I show you these? And the journalist looked at him and said, well, sure. And then he flipped over his forearms and he had gaping what at one time were holes in his right forearm and gaping holes that were slowly healing in his left forearm. And the journalist said, son, they don't look like marks from a crocodile. What are those? And the boy smiled and he said, sir, he said, these are the scars I'm most proud of. You see, I had a mother who loved me so much, she would not let me go. And man, I'm telling you, you not only have a mother who loves you, whether this side of eternity or now hopefully in glory, but you have a Father in heaven who's looking down on you on this Mother's Day. And he is not criticizing you. He's not critiquing you. He's not cursing you. But he's proud of you. He's pulling for you. And we have a God in heaven who's praying for you. Can we give God and our mamas one last Southern Maryland round of applause? Amen. I want to encourage you, if it's humanly possible today, if your mom is alive, I want to encourage you to call her today and say three words, I love you, and say, Mom, thank you. I have counseled a few people, Pastor Marvin, way more than me, but together in the ministry, we have counseled people who tell us one of their biggest regrets is they harbored anger or bitterness against their mom or dad. Looking back, they were too prideful to be willing to forgive. And it haunts them to this day that they didn't get right with mom or dad before the funeral. If there is any distance between you and mom today, I'll say it again. It is impossible to honor God if you're disrespecting mom. I want to encourage you to reach out and ask for forgiveness. And if she's already gone, there's two ways that you can honor her and death. You love God and love people. We live in a society today that has no respect for authority. Somehow we don't respect our parents. We don't respect our principal. We don't respect pastors. Most of America doesn't respect the police and even more don't respect the president regardless of what party. The problem we have with disrespecting authority is because too many Americans have disrespected supreme authority. They don't even respect God. And because they're not honoring God, they can't even respect themselves. And more than ever, what we need is to honor God, honor our parents, and live with love, live with integrity, and we need to get back to a country that we would rather die honoring God and mom than live with no freedom or disrespect for 
the Constitution, disrespect for the Holy Bible. And more than ever, I'm thankful that mom would rather have died giving me a chance. And in this era, I'm thankful for the Maryland flag. I'm thankful for the American flag. But when it's all over, I'm most thankful for the Christian flag. And now is the time for us as believers in Christ not to be satisfied sitting on the sidelines, but we need to step up our game, honor God, honor mom, and honor the Constitution. Give Jesus one last round of applause. Amen. If you're here today, if you're here today and you're not 100% sure that you have a reservation in heaven, I have good news. Today is your day. Look to your neighbor in the other side of the car to your right. Give them the thumbs up and whisper, today's your day. Look to your other neighbor on the other side and point to yourself and say, today's my day. I have good news. It's been said the gospel is good news only if it arrives in time. And when you look at what has happened the last eight weeks, this may be new to you to the Bible. We're getting late in the game. Pastor and I have preached for years. If we're not in the bottom of the ninth, we're in the top of the ninth. But it's no time to get fearful. But it's the time to be faithful. Some people say, well, follow the money. No, those with trillions of dollars, it's no longer about dollars. There's an agenda of death. But God offers an agenda of life. There are some that wants people to die. They want to see the economy dead. They want to see the Constitution doomed. And they just want to have their little utopia. And the problem is, the reason they're operating like this is because lost people, this is the only heaven they get. And if you're born again, this will be the only hell you'll ever go through. And Jesus is dying, not for us to, who's conservative and who's liberal. It's not who's rich or poor, black or white. It's whether you're saved and going to heaven, or you remain lost and go straight to hell. And I believe whether your mom is alive or whether she's dead, if she could want one thing for you, would not be more money in the bank. It wouldn't be food forever on your table. It wouldn't be forever that you'd have a house on your temporary home. It would be that your name has a reservation in heaven. And if she would want anything for you, she would say, son, daughter, child, I had the privilege to carry you as my child. But on this Mother's Day, I want you to be God's child. And if you're here today and you feel like you've done so many bad things that God can't forgive you, the whole reason we're in the ministry is to dispel that lie that no matter what you've done, the grace of God can forgive it all. And heaven is just a prayer away. And I'm going to lead you in a simple prayer today. I'm going to ask you right now with heads bowed and eyes closed, with your car running, today's your day. 
just whisper this prayer. Say, Lord Jesus, forgive me of my sins. I am a sinner. I have disrespected mom and more than once have disrespected you, Almighty God. Oh God, I'm not perfect. To be completely frank, I deserve hell. But on this Mother's Day, because of God's grace and the blood of Jesus, somehow takes my dark, dirty sins when they're mixed with His red blood, I can be forgiven like new fallen snow. Father, I can't earn my way to heaven, but I'm asking by faith that you would forgive me, come into my heart, and I want you to save my soul. I'm asking you to take me to heaven when I die, and for the rest of my days, I want to live for you on earth. Father, thank you that you died in my place that they put you in a borrowed tomb. But on the third day you rose again. I'm not trusting in a fairy tale. I'm not trusting in a children's book. I'm not trusting in a false Eastern religion. I'm trusted in Christ alone this Mother's Day Sunday. Thank you for saving my soul. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Would you give Jesus one last round of applause? Amen.